Hello, and welcome to Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh, where saving marriages, saving families, and saving souls is the flavor of the day. Now, let's join our host and author of Marriage Unchained, Catholic Alpha Radical, Jerry Jacobs Jr. Welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical Live, where I help you fix your Catholic marriage. I've coached and helped hundreds of men in their marriages, and now I want to help you. Call 313 Radical now. That's area code 313 Radical. And ask me anything on tough marital issues, such as what to do when she's asked for divorce. What to do when you have a mutual agreement of separation, but you didn't want it. What to do when your wife is cold and distant. What to do when your wife is having an affair. What to do when your marriage is bad, boring, lukewarm, and passionless. What to do when you engage in a mental embrace less than once a month. What to do when you sleep in separate bedrooms. What to do when she has left the home with or without the children. What to do when you are divorced but didn't want it. Call 313-RADICAL. That's area code 313-723-4225. That's area code 313-723-4225. Again, call 313-RADICAL right now for answers to intimacy problems, communication problems, prayer and spiritual warfare problems, authentic masculinity problems, a.k.a. how to man up. So... Sit back, relax, take a chill pill, and get ready to rock. But don't duck. Can you feel it? Catholic Alpha Radical coming at you now. Hello and welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical Live. Where my main mission is to keep you out of divorce court. The Catholic Alpha Radical Live podcast will help you fix your Catholic marriage while also giving you winning tactics for marriage problems, girlfriend problems, and intimacy problems for men. While also helping men understand marriage and courting, not dating in the Catholic faith. Why? Because dating is for sex and courting is for marriage. In this 91st episode, the Holy Lover series continues, How to Save My Marriage When My Wife Has Just Plain Given Up. 33 gifts that will satisfy her forever. Today, we uncover gift number nine. Plus, live calls from you answering your marriage and crisis questions. So, get in the queue at 313 313- Radical. That's 313-723-4225 or callinstudio.com slash radical1. That's callinstudio.com slash radical1 to call in from your browser. So as we always do, we're going to try to give you some resolution to your marriage confusion. <laughs> So now we have the quote of the day. So let's do this. Quote, love is friendship set on fire. End quote. Jeremy Taylor, 
cleric in the Church of England, author and poet. Bam. <laughs> I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me to help you in yours. Get live Catholic marriage help Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern for some resolution to your marriage confusion. Okay, so let's get this rocking. Let's get this rocking real quick. Today, we're going to talk about uh, how to save your marriage when your wife is giving up. The Holy Lover series is back after our interview from yesterday. So, guys, get in the call, get in that queue um, so that you can uh, get your questions answered. Um, I love to answer questions so that we can help other people and not just ourselves. That is why we do this show, right? So, but... Right now, we're going to get into the Catholic Alpha's radical rant of the day. It's vital for you and your wife to be best friends. So I just to ask you, that's the question I want to ask. Is it vital for you and your wife to be best friends and to have a, uh, in order to have a great marriage? I get pushed back from that one all the time. You ain't got to be your wife's best friend to, uh, to uh, have a good marriage. And that, that. Well, you know, notice I didn't say good marriage. Or okay marriage. I said a great marriage, a legendary marriage. The problem with people is they are satisfied with their marriage being boring or lackluster or no passion. They're just they're just excited with being a, having an okay marriage. And then when two people ain't happy, then everybody starts to blame everybody. And then nobody wants to admit or try to make it better. What people do, you know, why is it that, you know, when things are going good, or in that person's mind when things are going good. I'm not just talking about men. I'm talking about women too. When the marriage is, everybody thinks the marriage is going good, they get lazy. They start getting lazy. They take their partner, for, for their wife or, or husband for granted. They don't appreciate, they don't show appreciation to them. And then before you know it, you get in the habit of being selfish. That is selfish, you know, to not approach your do not approach your wife for, to make love do not approach your husband to make love you ain't made love in two or three weeks and won't nobody approach nobody to make love for the marital embrace that's selfishness that's selfishness you everybody knows instinctually that you need to have sex in order to maintain the closest in your marriage you do you should be you should be making love in your marriage no less than once a week and that's really kind of small that's really not enough the minimum minimum should really be two, but once is like, okay, well, if you just that, you know, you just that lazy and don't can't even do more than one, you know, you're going to do one, then okay, I'll, I'll take one. But think about it. That's seven days out of the week. That's how many minutes, three, 6,000 minutes or something. You know, I don't know how many hours that is in a week, but just think about that. You can't, you can't give your beloved two hours, two hours twice a week on a regular basis, every single week to make love on separate days. You can't do that. That's lazy. That's selfishness to me. Well, it ain't to me because I talk to a whole many people where their marriages ain't about nothing. And then they go, well, you know, then they can't. Then another thing, too, you stop communicating. We stop making love. You stop communicating. That's another thing people don't tell you. You stop making love. You stop communicating. 
We stop communicating, then don't nobody want to come home. Don't nobody want to talk to nobody. Don't nobody want to go out on date night. Don't nobody want to do nothing. It's called avoidance, right? So that's the question I'm asking. Today, is it vital for you and your wife to be best friends to have a great marriage? Um, if your wife uh, isn't your best friend, then ask yourself, who does she tell her deepest hopes, dreams, and concerns to? See, people go, well, my wife ain't got to be my best friend. Uh, but then when she's over, when she's talking to her, her her friends all the time, her divorced friends and her single friends and her daughter, you know, telling her, telling them all your business or not just that, your, your dreams, uh, your, her hopes, her dreams, you know, if you and your wife are not talking about the future, there's a problem. There's a problem. The kid's future, your retirement, your next vacation, what you wish you could be doing right now, all this stuff, man. It, it, if your wife is not telling you these things, then who is she telling it to? You've got to ask yourself that as a man, as a husband. you got to ask yourself that. Um, if there's like another thing, if there's not a woman, another, a, a lot of women are, are private people, too. But if a man comes along and starts talking to them, they'll open up. Why? Because men can sometimes get a woman to open up a little bit more and share herself. You know, I don't mean share herself sexually. I mean, you know, share what's inside and talk to her. You know, and a lot of times when a woman uh, allows a man to talk to her, that just means that she's not getting, she's just trying, she's just getting from him what she's not getting from her husband at home. Okay. The next thing, um, Another thing, because if your wife isn't your best friend, then she will not tell you all of those things that I just mentioned. She won't. Why should she? Because she doesn't trust you. Women, they only talk to people and open up to people who they trust. Now, when they do, you can't give them to be quiet, but men are not like that. Men, it takes a long time to open up. Even if they do are open up to another person, they still don't like, you know, just constantly go on. Women are a little different. Um, next, next, next question is, can being best friends enhance the intimacy or the duty as a wife and husband to deeply try to fulfill each other in this area? Can, I'm going to say it again. Can being best friends enhance the intimacy or the duty as a wife and husband to deeply try to fulfill each other in this area? So when you talk about making love, I mean, a lot of times people don't really, and this is men too, mostly it's women, but men too. A lot of times people just don't feel like making love, right? They don't really feel like it. Um, they want to watch TV and YouTube and be on Facebook. They want to just do their own thing. They want to go to, they, they're tired from work. They're tired from the kids or whatever. Um, they're tired from doing housework or just being, you know, volunteering. And they don't really, they're tired, been up all day and they're tired. They don't want to make love. But this is where selfishness can seep into your marriage. Just because you're tired, that doesn't mean your husband is or your wife is. Just because you don't want to make love, don't feel like making love, and knowing that that sex is the second most important thing in your marriage behind, besides prayer, then if you're not making love to your husband in the intimate or he's not making love to you, that's, that's selfishness. It causes resentment. You know, your marriage might be going great for two or three weeks because you guys are making love once or twice a week or more. 
And then all of a sudden, one of the partners gets, uh, one of the spouses gets selfish and just starts to do their own thing and don't even think about sex. That's what happens to women in, women, women in menopause. They get selfish. You know, they go, well, I don't want to make love. I don't even think about it. I don't even think about it. So if I'm not thinking about it, then I don't want to do it. So you, but that's why I try to train men to be able to, to get their minds back on it. But that's not fair either. Why should a man all the time, why should a man all the time have to approach his beloved wife to make love twice a week, which is nothing. Making love twice a week is nothing. We can do everything else we want. We can go volunteer at the church for 20 hours a week. We can go, we can go drive Uber for, for 10, 20 hours a week. We can spend time with the kids and go out with our girlfriends and our dudes and have fun. For hours and hours a week, we stay at work and, and if we enjoy our career. But then when it comes to to, to, to spend time with the person who can really do something about making your life better, uh, to have a lifelong loving relationship together, then all of a sudden, well, I ain't got time. I'm tired. I don't feel like doing that. You know what that is? That's called, that's called taking your spouse for granted. Just like we take God for granted all the time. We take God for granted all the time. You know, we don't even pray. Or if we do pray, we play a one rosary, or we might go to, uh, we might, you know, talk to him about something. I don't know what people do, but you know, we don't really worship God. We just do the bare minimum to get away with it. And then when something goes wrong, Oh Jesus, 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 please be Superman and come in here and save me, you know, but then for the last year or 20 years or six months or 30 years, you ain't even called God for nothing. You ain't, ain't did nothing to help God to, to want to help you. I feel like, you know, of course, you know, God is who he is. He's going to try to, he's going to do his thing. But you got to remember when you, when we get ourselves in a, in a bad situation, a lot of times it, ta- it takes the Holy Spirit time to work that stuff out. So a lot of times we got to remember that like, just because our marriage is in crisis right now, we go, Jesus, please help me, help me, help me. That's going to take time because the Holy Spirit, because you and your wife, let's not, you know, if a husband and a wife has mess, have messed their marriage up and then they ask for help, they expect it to be done, boom, in like a minute. Well, it takes the Holy Spirit time to work out all the angles. That's why a lot of times our prayers don't get immediate, you know, immediate uh, help, immediate answer too, is because, well, first of all, prayer is a bucket. It needs prayer. In order to get our prayers answered, it needs suffering and sacrifice. And, and asking God and, and uniting that suffering with Christ, you know, um, by what? By prayer, by rosaries, by adorations, by going to mass, by um, by going on retreats, by doing these things to show God that you love him and you're just not coming to him when things go bad. That's what we do with our wives, right? That's what we do with our wives. You know, we take them for granted for years and then all of a sudden they don't want to hang out no more. And then they're leaving and we get mad because we don't see it coming. But we saw it coming. We just we just decided we're going to let it go. So, again, you've got to understand how important the marital embrace is. Important when it comes to intimacy and friendship and all of these things work together. People have this convenient way, this convenient mindset of of not trying to con- you not trying to connect things all together and to see how everything works in the universe with through God. And if you look at everything through the eyes of God, your life will be a lot better. It really will. Um, and I last so with the uh, with this with this series right here, 
Uh, in our last series, you know, we talked about divorce, uh, clues your wife may want to divorce and how to get through that and how to understand when your wife wants divorce and the clues that she might come to. And once you understand that, then that should help you to not um, to not get yourself in the marriage crisis situation. But of course, you know, I know men don't always listen like we're supposed to. So we we look up. And things aren't the way they're supposed to be. And then we're, you know, we're very upset. Our, our spouse is upset. Um, and then she don't know what to do to make it better. And I don't know what to do to make it better. So this is why it's important that we don't allow our marriage to get that bad. A lot of people, you know, as a man, you've got to do what I call marriage maintenance, man. Marriage maintenance is you you have your dang own eyes open every single day. You look at what's going on, you assess the situation, and if there's problems, if you see your wife is unhappy or not herself, you know, inquire about that. You know, don't go days and days and years and months and don't be curious about your wife and and look look at your environment in your home and see what's really going on. And then worse yet, then you see what's going on and we don't do anything. That's why it's called marriage maintenance. You do not I talk to men, a lot of men, and I and I talk to a lot of women too. And I'm telling you, you don't want your wife to say, I want a divorce. You don't want her to say that. You really don't. You don't want your wife. I, I talked to a guy yesterday or last week. Heck, I forget so many, you know, that his wife moving out. She packing her stuff, moving out. Leaving the kids with him. Yep. So you don't want to be there. And if you are, then you got a lot of work to do. The way the way I look at it is like this, gentlemen. You're going to either work hard now or you're going to work twice as hard later. And that's the way, that's, that's what people don't understand about heaven and hell and purgatory. It's the same thing. Either you're going to be a saint and become holy and a man of courage and a Christian soldier now and sacrifice and suffer now, or you're going to go to purgatory and you're going to get it burned off your butt. God will burn it out of you. He will burn your soul and burn it out of you. It's painful. It's nothing like you've ever imagined in your life. Okay. Hell is filled with 1,000 walls that are 1,000 feet thick each. And the first wall is of the heat of magnitude that, that no one can ever imagine. Now, you wonder where I get that from. I got that from St. Faustina, Father Ripperger, because she has been shown that. You've got to understand that you're either going to work now or you're going to work later, way harder later. This is why sacrifice as a man, your happiness doesn't really mean a lot. It really doesn't. You can't be happy anyway if our wife and our kids ain't happy and God ain't happy with us anyway. Are we really happy? No, we're not. So that is kind of where we're going. So now that's why we're doing the Holy Lover series, which is to teach you as a man how to become a holy lover, which is the man God created you to be and the husband that your wife needs. It's hard. It's not easy. And I'm not going to lie. You need help doing it. But you can create a good, great, legendary, holy marriage. You can. But you have to realize it's marriage is complicated. 
It's very hard. It takes day-to-day maintenance. You can't be selfish. You can't be lazy. And if you slip, that's cool, but you never slip long. All right? So today we're going to cover Holy Lover gift number nine, which is what? A holy lover is his wife's best friend, and she is his. Please understand that best friends is the way to go. Stop being mediocre and saying, well, I've been buds with him for, since we were two. Or, or what does his wife say? Well, we were friends in, in grade school. Nobody cares. God don't care either. Nobody cares. Your best friend is supposed to be your spouse. That's the way it's supposed to be. Why? Because even in Scripture, in Ephesians 5, uh, God, I think it's verse 32 or 33, one of them, God says, uh, St. Paul says that you are to leave your parents and you are to go and be with your husband and your wife. Now, does that make sense? Okay, so if you got to leave your parents then, of course, you got to leave some person who you think is your best friend. So what? They're your best friend. You didn't marry them. <laughs> you ain't spending thousands and thousands of dollars a year to support them or for, or serve them. You know, that's not what this is about. We got to get our priorities straight. Our priorities are God first, our wife and marriage second, or if you're uh, or in, our, in our children, I mean, our children third and ourself last. Wives. If you're a wife, it's your husband, it's God first, your husband and marriage second, your kids are a distant third, and then you serve yourself last. I know it sounds weird, it doesn't sound right, but that's the way it is. If you get used to serving each other, then it'll be better, your marriage will be better, okay? So that is what gift nine is. A holy lover is his wife's best friend, and she is his. It is time now to get into warrior mode, and after the break, we will get seriously busy on understanding what I call the best friend concept. Bam. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So, for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider... Marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. So, as promised, the Catholic Alpha Radical rant, how to save your marriage when your wife has given up. 
four ways to grow, uh, to bond with your beloved wife. Okay, so a holy lover. So we've talked about, as we said in the in the previous segment, a holy lover. Gift nine is is his wife's best friend, and she is his. If you and your beloved aren't best friends, your marriage will eventually fail. That's a bold statement, I know, but it's the truth. It's the truth. Or do you want to, another thing that people don't realize too is let's say you're 50 years old and and you're married. Think about that. You got 50 years of marriage left. If you're 80 years old, you got 20 years of marriage left. If you're 20 years old, you've got 80 years of marriage left. Think about that. That's a lot, a long time. Do you want to be stuck in a in a in a friendless, boring, avoiding marriage with no intimacy? You're not even really friends. You're not set on fire for each other. Um, that is a long time. And and, and I, I beg you to please today try to understand how important friendship is and how it brings intimacy into your marriage um, and how it, 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 it and then outside of the bedroom and outside of the, in society, how your friendship with each other shows everybody else how loving and how much you care and how much of a great example you are to other people. Okay. Now, and I don't mean just divorce. I mean, you know, a dull, bold, you know, lackluster or passionless marriage. I mean, why did we even get married? To spend time with other men, allowing them to steal precious moments away from our soulmate? Our job is to become one flesh with our beloved. How can you do this if we and our wife, uh, we don't, you know, if we share our dreams, our wants, our desires with another human being? The answer is you can't. You can't. If you are going, if you are married and you are sharing intimate details about your marriage outside your marriage, that is a recipe for failure in your marriage. It really is. I had a guy in my program. His wife won a divorce. He was doing so good, but he couldn't stop giving his business to other women. Not, I don't mean having sex with them. I mean, giving intimate details and sharing his intimate details with his about his wife and his relationship with other women. Women ain't women don't want that. They want you to share. That's what you, that's what your wife is for. Our wives are for us to share our intimate details with 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 them. And if we are, because why? If I share my my about my marriage with with other people then what does that leave me and my wife to talk about? Because sharing that cannot help you fix, solve the problems that you think and are in your head with your wife, with your wife, you know? Um, and, and I know that's a tough one, but women are really very much more guilty of that than men. Men really don't go there a lot. Men just basically kind of, you know, procrastinate on stuff. Um, and that's, you know, where we get in trouble. You know, me, I married my best friend. Yep, I did. I got it right. I've known my wife for since we were 12 years old. Uh, we met at a summer camp. And in fact, I and my sister, me and my sister did not want to go to that summer camp. We really didn't. 
My sister was like, Mama, it's summer. I want to hang out the house. I want to play outside. I do not want to go to no camp. And I was the same way. My mother, you got to understand, when my mother says something, you just really don't really argue about it. <laughs> you just really don't. You just go because she's going to put the hammer down on you. Um, and my father, you know, he's laid back. He wants to go too. So my mother, you know, I was just like, you going. So we went and I met my wife there. We're 12 years old, and she always says, well, at that time at 12, I had a facial hair. I had hair on my legs. I had hair on my arms and my chest. And so my wife, she thought I was a camp counselor. So <laughs> so that's kind of, you know, women, like, you know, we say women choose you. You don't choose them. You know, that's, that's, that's that adage. So basically at 12 years old, my wife chose me. I just didn't know it. <laughs> So we went through the camp. It was like two weeks or whatever. I forgot how long it was. And it's back in that back in those days, camp lasted didn't last a week. It lasted a long time, like the the whole summer and stuff sometimes. And so um, that's what happened. Um, me and my wife. And then you know I, uh, we got older, and um, I went off to the Air Force. I married my first wife. Then she passed away, and then I came back home. And then I saw my wife, and then we, my current wife, we got back together again, started talking. So that lets you know right then and there that nothing is a coincidence in this life, is it? Nothing is a coincidence. God puts together. You know, just let's just, just talk about that for a second, man. If I had never met my wife, I would probably never have been Catholic because my wife is fifth-generation Catholic. And I would have never become Catholic which means I would have never uh, started loving Christ, which means I would have never went to that retreat, which means I would have never, you know, met, married her. I never would have had kids with her. Um, would have never done a lot of, I wouldn't be doing this podcast right now. I would have never uh, started CatholicAlpha.com, you know, because before I met my wife, me and her started being married. I didn't have no dreams or steam to start any kind of talk show or be on do any kind of blog or anything like that. If I did, it would have been about football or something. It would, it would not have been about a ministry. It would not have been about the Catholic Church, the Christian faith. It wouldn't. Why? Because I didn't care like that. I didn't care about that. I want to have fun. And talking about Jesus Christ to me was not fun. <laughs> but man, right now, this is the bomb, dude. Every day I get to talk about Christ every day and people listen, they like it. Shoot, I can't get no better than that. <laughs> uh, so, um, but, but me and my wife, before we were, when we started dating again, and we started dating again before we got married, we developed an unbelievable closeness with each other. And it was weird to me. I really never understood what closest could be with a woman before, you know, we made, you know, we had sex and stuff. We had sex with women and stuff, but man, we all know that that sex for us is not the same as it is for women. So men, sometimes we develop a bond with women. I mean, as far as emotional, but sometimes a lot of times we have, we, we don't, you know? Um, and so with my wife, it was really different in that, like me and her became like these, re these really good friends. Like, my whole life, girls always wanted to be friends with me, and I was always good. I could always talk to girls and stuff. When I was a little, I was young when I was in, a little, in, in high school and stuff, in grade school and stuff. I always had a girlfriend because I liked talking to girls. Now, I played football. I hung out with the dudes sometimes, 
But my thing was, I always put my woman before dudes. Because, first of all, dudes ain't pretty like that. <laughs> so I always had a girlfriend. And my father used to tease me all the time. Boy, you always got some kind of girl running up around here. That's right. That's right. That's right. And that's one of my problems, too. That's one of my problems. I ain't going to lie. That's one of my problems. But, but with my wife, you know, me and her knew each other for so long. And it was like we just when we we got finally got together and there was nothing keeping us apart. Our friendship just grew, you know, like with my wife, you know, there's no one that I want to spend time with but her. Nobody. I mean, I enjoy actually being with her and I believe she enjoys actually being with me. I am completely into her. She is completely into me. And we work hard. I work hard at it. And I hope she works, feel that she works hard at it too, you know? Um, and that's what I want for you. A lot of people, we get married and we, men, we get married and we forget that there's an uns- there was a promise we made. The promise was this, I'm going to make you happy. I'm going to give you the world. You're going to be probably number one in my life. And I'm going to date and court you every single day. And you're going to feel loved always. And if money comes into it, that's great. If it don't, it don't. Uh, kids, the, the fruit of me and my wife's love is our children. Our children love being around us. We love being around them. We homeschooled two of our kids. Uh, and uh, one of the uh, our middle one, he was with us for like 10 years. So he grew attached to us after, you know, after he graduated from high, you know, after he graduated from high school. And then our daughter, she's married now. She has a great family and she just loves being around us. So we love being around each other. And that's what people don't understand that when your marriage is great, then your kids want to be around you. Your family wants to be around you because they want that stuff too. They marry and want to be married to have what you have. And it starts with friendship. It really does. Well, it really starts with God, but we all, that's a given. Right? We really have to say that, but it's, it's good to say that as much as possible too. But that's what we got to understand, man, that your friendship blossoms into so much. You give the world so much when you and your wife are best friends. Just because you got a best friend that you went to, that you played football with and had an army buddy or something, I mean, that's nice and everything, but man, that ain't gonna change the world. That ain't gonna change the world because you was a friend with somebody you was when she was two years old. Is that gonna change the world? No, it's not. You know what's gonna change the world? You and your wife create a legendary, awesome marriage. So that everybody that sees them sees you will go, oh my God, those that's how I want my marriage to be. Or kids see you, young adults see you go, yeah, when I get married, I want to get married because I want a relationship like that. This is why when people love to see older people walking down the street that are 80, 70, 80 years old, 90 years old, holding hands and stuff, holding hands and stuff like that. Why? Because that makes them go, wow, they're going through that with God and with them and they love each other. That's what I want to be. That makes all growing old something special, you know? And then what do we do now, though? 1960s, we get a divorce. We got men's and men's divorces a year. And everybody thinks I'm going to go out and find somebody better. It's not going to happen like that, man. It's not. It's not. This thing when we divorce, if anybody has ever been divorced or you know divorced people, they are miserable, 
And then they always, almost all the time say, you know what? The grass really wasn't greener. <laughs> but at the time, I really didn't know that. I was in so much pain and she was causing me so much problems and he just made me so mad. I just couldn't take it no more. And this is the travesty of our churches not teaching us how to be married. It starts with God and communication and then making love, intimacy, how to be a man, our responsibility as a man, our responsibility as a woman, and then understanding how to love each other in the in the bedroom, outside the bedroom. This stuff, man, is 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 easy, but it ain't easy. It's hard too. It's only hard because you got to work at it to keep it great, but the payoff is a tenfold. It's a tenfold, right? Um, understand that suffering and sacrifice is what married couples' best friends do for each other. That's why it's important. They sacrifice their needs and wants for the betterment of the whole marriage. The mindset has to be eternal, not temporary. Remember, the goal is joy, not happiness, because happiness is too fleeting. I'm going to say that one again. I'm going to say that one again. The goal, the mindset has to be eternal, not temporary. Remember, the goal is joy, not happiness. Happiness is too fleeting. Remember, feelings are fleeting. You love your wife today, you hate her tomorrow. You love your you love your kids today, you hate them tomorrow. You love your job today, you hate it tomorrow. You love God today, but you hate God tomorrow. This is why the Catholic faith is a faith of intellect. It is not a faith of emotion. The Christian faith is a faith of intellect, not a faith of emotion. When you use emotion to run your life, you will be disappointed, will make dumb mistakes, and will end up 90 year old, 90 years old in a in a in a um in a uh in a uh, uh, old people's home by ourselves. That's what feelings get you. Feelings will get you in a nursing home with nobody visiting you, no kids, by yourself. Because you know, I'm a woman, and I deserve to be happy, and I have to go be the president of the United States, and I have to be a congressman, and I have to be a lawyer. I have to run all these laps and be a, a gold medalist, and I have to be a great, great soccer player. I have to play basketball and get all these awards. Kids, are you crazy? I don't want any kids. Kids get in the way. Kids are a problem. Kids don't make my life fulfilling. Kids control me too much. Then you look up, you're 80 years old, and you have nobody around you but yourself. And then all you got around you is that one old friend who thought like you. She's sicker than you are. She's about to die too. So you got two old biddies in a house that, that live with each other getting ready to die with no fulfillment or they're in a nursing home. I've seen it too many times. My wife used to work at a, um, my wife used to work at a, a Catholic cemetery. This is a Catholic cemetery now where folks pose a no better. <laughs> she said all the time, people would come cremate the, uh, nobody would come and claim the body or whatever. They would cremate the body, put the body in the darn put the body over somewhere, put it somewhere, and just put it out there, and somebody, people come look, you know, try to find, or 
or there'd be the person would die when nobody come to the funeral. They cremate the body because they, they got no money. Nobody's got no money. Don't want to, don't want to pay for the person's funeral. The person by themselves the whole life. Then only uh, one person will come um, and um, put them in the put them in the mausoleum or something, something like that. There's nobody around. One friend, nobody, no kids, you know, no, um, you know, uh, no, no family, no grandkids. See, that's another thing people don't realize. If you don't have children, you can't have grandkids. Then those kids can't have kids. You don't build anything like that. You don't build anything. Look, you can only, ask Peyton Manning. You can only throw a football for a max for maybe 20 years and be effective and be great at it. Maybe 20 years. After that, your arm, you can't throw 10 yards right. You know, a woman, you're a woman. You're beautiful. You're vital. You have, God made you to, to bring souls into the world. You are the giver of life. But you want to go put tattoos all over your body from head to toe, playing the WNBA, look like some dude running up down the street, up and down the thing, um, and have no mission and purpose in your life other than that's what I want to do. Then you get 40, 45 years old, 50 years old, and go, you know, I think I'd like to have some kids. Well, guess what? You can't have no kids now because all your eggs dried up. We've got to get our priorities right. We've got to get our priorities right. And I know I'm sounding tough right now because I see this crap every day, and you do too. You just ignore it. I can't ignore it because it's my job to see it, you know. Um, and... I want you to understand that there's no, there's two things that's not supposed to happen. A older, an older person is not supposed to die by themselves in a nursing home with no visitors. And number two, old people are supposed to make love every week, just like young people. People don't really realize that one either. Okay. That's where it's supposed to be. But we got these things in our head that are screwing us up, man. Look, the rewards and benefits of sacrifice are so much more fulfilling and revealing if we are patient and keep the end goal in mind. What is the end game? The sanctification, purification of you and your beloved spending the decades. What's the payoff? Your marriage, your family, your family's future generations are legendary. Listen, like I said a couple of weeks ago, I think architects are great too. I love buildings. I think they're great. I get to go up in the elevator rhythm at the top of the Empire State Building, all that stuff, that's great. I love making money, too. Money's great. Having being a, be, being a billionaire would be great. It would be great. But that is not your legacy. The richest man in the world, what is he always trying to say? I'm trying to leave this for who? For my children. See, really rich people, they don't get divorced. You know why? Because they know that like kings and queens and stuff that this it was hundreds of they don't get divorced you know why because they understand about let bring building being legendary building something and people are is what built something leave behind family you know decades and and, and hundreds of years centuries down the road and your family is still there strong with children you know 
But what have we done? We've allowed society and the Satan and the evil one to get in our homes and our government and all that stuff and make us think that having kids is some crazy messed up thing. And it's not. Kids is your is your lifespan. It, it, it carries your life on about all your life's work. Like, what did you do with that life? You know what I do with that life? I created, I brought these great children into this world who got married and made more children, who got married and made more children to take back to God, to be in heaven and eternity. That's what this is all about. And Satan and the evil one have have. The demons have may have have gotten into the church, have gotten into our society and our government, and have made us think all screwed up. Okay, this is the domino effect, right? Look, everything you do has a domino effect on your family. Every generation after you, every action, every decision. As a result, these things they do affect you, which in turn affects your wife. Next, your children and their children and their children's children. Something a husband and wife never seem to consider when they get a divorce. You know, that's why being best friends are important. Because when you get a divorce, you destroy your family. Your kids are damaged for the rest of their lives. They get married. They destroy their families. And then they get bare miserable for the rest of their lives. And then their kids get married. You see the, you see the string? Kids do what their parents do. They really do. It's difficult to slow the dominoes and get them back in line once they start moving. Start now. Cultivate a marriage like no other. Make your beloved your best friend and encourage her to follow your lead. And later on in this, I'm going to teach you guys some things that you can do to, to be best friends with your wife. Okay? Even if your wife is mad at you. My wife does things with me she isn't crazy about. That's a great point. Why? Because I like them and she's spending time with me. In fact, many wives mirror this. Problem is with husbands is I got to go do this. I got to go do that. I'm going over to John's house to watch the football game. I'm going out to the sports bar tonight with the fellas. I'm, look, I'm working late, won't be home for dinner. You know, and what happens is, you know, we do things together because we're into each other. And we're, when you're into each other, you really don't care what you do. Like, my wife is an avid YouTube crazy woman person watcher on YouTube, dude. If I, if I didn't say not one thing, if it wasn't for me, she would watch YouTube videos in the Catholic Church and in dieting and the keto diet and the the, court, the what is it, the, 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 uh, the carnivore diet and all this stuff 24 hours a day. And so what I just do, I just sound and watch it with her because I don't really care. I And she always says, you can change the channel if you want. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. But the point of it is, man, when you have a woman that you love being around and she loves being around you, you really don't care what you're doing. You just want to hang out. You just want to hang out. And, and then that spreads to your kids wanting to hang out. That spreads to the grandkids wanting to hang out. You know, it just builds something that is special. All right. So um, another thing, uh, neglecting our wives is a, is a very bad thing because then that causes that causes our friendship to break down. What little friendship we have to break down. That's why the priority in marriage is God first. Why? Why do I say God has to be first? It's just not a cliche that I say that. 
I say that because I force, first of all, I tried it the other way. I trapped myself first. Everybody says I'm not selfish. Oh, I'm not selfish. I'm not selfish. I don't, I think about everybody else but myself. But every time they talk, it's I, 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 me, 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 me. That's how you know somebody's selfish. Because every sentence they say, I had a friend one time, he's, you know, and he's mad. Um, he's mad because the girl, um, the girl, he asked the girl to marry him and she said, no. And for a half hour, I listened to him. And all it was was I, 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 me, 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 I, 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 me, me, me. I said, hey, man, you know why the girl didn't marry you? Because I just sit here and listen to you for a half hour, not one time that you talk about her. That's how you know somebody's selfish. People are, everybody is selfish. It takes work not to be selfish. It's why. That's what happened when we got broken. We're broken. We're broken after the fall. We got broken. Okay, and so that's why it's important that we understand that when um, to be selfish in our marriage, it divides us. It puts us apart. Okay, Um, let me see. I know I probably messed up a thought there, but you know what? I get passionate sometimes. (laughs) I'm sorry. And then I got this darn something's messing with my nose. I can't breathe and I'm I'm wiping my mouth. I'm sneezing all day. (laughs) <laughs> since, I, since I've been up, my nose is running. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. Uh, so, so look. Um, another thing too is we get mad at our wives when our wives tell us that she's far for the man. That, you know how did that happen? Uh, women just don't do that. They it, it, it relationships just don't break up. Our friendship. The another thing too, why you want to become your wife's best friend is. You will know a lot of things before your wife knows things if you enter her and she's into you. You you will know things. You will see things. And another man won't, won't even be able to come close to being with your wife. Why? Because you and your wife are so used to talking to each other and telling each other your dreams and your future and and your and your and 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 and, and you know your vacations and your retirement and how much you love each other and not just how much you love each other, but just the talking and the conversation and the collaborating. No dude can get in between that. I don't care who he is. He won't because women are bonded to us. And once they do, they like talking to us and they like having conversations with us, with us, not some other cat. They don't unless we do what? We neglect them. We neglect them. Women are high maintenance. I say that every day, all day. And I don't care if nobody says it's the truth. I don't care if your wife has not a cent to her name or she's the richest woman in the world. She is high maintenance. You got to show them you love and care about them every day or they will start to think you don't care and love them. It don't take long. It don't take long, man. It really don't. You know, so to repeat, the relationship with your wife must reign far and above any other. Above all, a husband and wife must strive to claim each other as best friends. I understand not, it's not going to be easy, but listen. Oh, I got a call. I got a call. Sweet. So let me finish this section, and then I will be right with you, caller. But listen, I promise she can give you what you're searching for if you allow her to. By the way, the benefits far outweigh the negatives. Saving your marriage and family and soul. The closest you are, the closeness you are so much searching for, the oneness, the sacred intimacy, the exalted feelings of completeness, your so-called friends and buddies can't give you this. This is what's so important, man. 
we we always trying to find out something better than what we got at home. Believe it or not, this is why you hear me talk about mysteries of your wife. Your wife has so many mysteries, and you have to find out those mysteries, and that will keep you occupied for a lifetime if you just try, okay? Um, and so, in addition, would a real friend try to deny you this treasure? If, you know, a lot of times, oh, man, your kitchen pass is running out. You hear that with, with your fellas. Oh, hey, man, I got to go home and hang out with my wife. Oh, man, you, your kitchen pass didn't run out. You're you going to run on home. That's right. That's why you tell my friends, I'm going home because I'm, I'm not trying to be out getting get her get mad at me. <laughs> um, don't make the drastic mistake or adopt the illusion that actually matter in the big scheme of your life. Because they don't. Remember, Ephesians 5, 21 through 33, husbands are commanded to leave their mother and father and cleave to their wives. So after this quick 10-second break, we'll come back and we will get with our caller. Let's talk about your Catholic marriage problems. Weekdays, 10 a.m. Eastern. Live streamed on the Catholic Alpha Radical Facebook page and CatholicAlpha.com. All right, all right. Let's see who we got on the on the line today. Line today. Hit talk. Hello, caller. Hello. Are you there? I'm here. Hey, how you doing today? I'm better than ever. How about you, Mister Jerry? I'm I'm doing all right, ma'am. I'm trying to get this show done in an hour today. Don't think it's gonna happen, man. My nose won't stop running. <laughs> <laughs> so, how can I help you? All right. So uh, me and my girl, we've been together for a little while, and uh, you know, we got together in high school. But she's going to, um, she's going to Colorado for college. You know, and what do you think about us staying together and doing long distance? Whoa! Oh, I'm in Illinois. Oh. Oh man, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Um, well, I'm just gonna be honest with you. Long distance love don't work. It really don't because it's it's a bonding thing. Um, it's a bonding thing between the the girl and the guy. And when we're far when they're far apart, what will happen is there's always gonna be another woman. And there's always going to be another guy that is going to talk to each of you. And it takes a lot of loyalty, a lot of loyalty to deal with a long-distance relationship. Now, that being said, though, if you're going to see her on a regular basis and she's going to see you on a regular basis, if you're not that far apart and you guys can drive and see each other and you see each other on the holidays and you go down to her college and she comes home and sees you when she can – and you really try and you call her every day and you tell her how much you care and you love her. You write her letters and send her flowers and you, you know, you make this relationship bigger than bigger than itself, than yourself. Then what will happen is she will, you will stay bonded. You will, you know, um, and then another thing too, if God has bring, I know it sounds a little cliche, but if God brings you to get, if God bring you together, if you're meant to be, you will survive through that. Because listen, most girls, they have this, they have their hormones, just like you have your hormones right now. 
and they are driven to be married. This is why long-distance relationships are hard because if a woman is at college or a man is wherever he's at, at, at the house and he has a job and he's working, he's drawn to be married. She's drawn to be married. She's drawn to be married more than he is because it's more in women than men. And so she's going to talk to other dudes and allow dudes to talk to her. And so that's how another bonding relationship starts to happen. But with that being said, if you if you can keep it together, man, if you can keep it together and 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 really show her how important she is, don't let a week and three or four days go without talking to her and calling her. When and the great thing today is about you, man, you have those um you have these cell phones and tablets and computers where you can actually sit down and see each other. It's, it's a whole different thing. And then, and then what you can do is surprise her and go down there and, and, and stuff like that. And you'll see it, it, it can work, but man, the odds are it won't, but I'm trying to give you some hope, <laughs> but it can work, but you have to really women. See another thing too. Women can hold out longer than dudes. That's another thing I didn't say. Like if you're, if your girl's at college, she can hang, hold out if she knows that that you love her, because women they they fly off that he loves me more than anything. So if you don't let the relationship fade and you show her how much you love and care, then she will stay committed to you. That's how wives. That's how men can go off to the army and go off to war and come back, and their wife is still there waiting on them because she knew that he loved her more than anything. And that's what you're gonna have to work on. That's your challenge. Your challenge is trying to convince that girl every day that you love her and you're devoted to her and that you're going to be married. And if you really are serious about marrying her, then what you have to do is propose to her before she goes or within that first year that she is at, at school and get her a ring and then she can brag to everybody. Then you now you're really showing her you do love her, right? And so then she brags to all her friends, I got a fiance, I'm getting married. So the odds of her letting another man talk to her and when she has a ring on her finger, oh my God, that's very, the odds of, of that happen are very, very low. You see what I'm saying? The more you as a man up the commitment, the more the woman will buy into it. What do you think? I think the... That's a good perspective, and I never looked at it that way. All right, man. Anything else? Uh, no, nah, not right now. All right, thanks for calling. Oh, yeah, no problem. You have a uh, nice day. You too. Bye. All right. All right. We are here. Be right back. A little short one. If you're sorry, I didn't want to do that. So um, now, now look, now, now that was a good call. You know why? Because it goes right along what we're talking about today. It goes right along what we're talking about today. You know, friends enjoying being around each other. The closer, the more connection you have through friendship, and and you doing action to make things to make it work. You'd be surprised what a woman will do for you. You'd be surprised what she will do. I don't care if she's the most hardcore feminist. She will try her best to make you happy as a man 
and as a husband, when she knows you're committed to her, okay? But not being committed, you have to also give action to not take her for granted and to show appreciation. So I have questions. So if you're married, kind of look at the perspective, look at the perspective like this, right? Who tolerated, who tolerated you through the ups and downs? Let's say you've been married for a year or 50 years, doesn't matter. Who has tolerated you through the ups and downs? Who made you your crazy butt in spite of yourself? Because <laughs> you know, when you first married that woman, boy, you was you didn't know what to do, what to say. You was you wasn't sure you wouldn't get married. You had a lot of doubts. You made a lot of mistakes. But what? She married you anyway. Who gave her true, free, and complete self to you when your slimy butt didn't deserve a quarter, right? She gave herself to you, and you was when you first got married, you was probably a bad lover. You might not be now, but when you first got married, you was probably a bad lover. <laughs> you didn't know, you didn't know what you're doing in the intimacy department. You was you was floundering and, and bumping all over yourself. But your wife, she loved you anyway. She gave herself to you anyway. Oh, and the greatest gift, she gave you what? A son and a daughter, right? Did she give you a son and a daughter or multiple children of three, four, five, ten, ten kids? That is a gift. She did that for you. Um, if right now, if all your friends abandoned you, every single friend that you've ever had since you was a baby, if they all abandoned you right now, who would you turn to? She who is given you to by the father as your helpmate, your partner, and your confidant. That's who you would turn to. You would turn to your wife. This is why you can't let her go. You've got to get her to understand how much you love her and how much you care and that you made a mistake for neglecting her and that you made a mistake for not sure taking her for granted and not appreciating her, treating her like she's a partner and not your beloved. Women will forgive you. Even if you're in marriage crisis, if you take steps to better yourself and become a better man and she sees it and over time she sees it, your wife will love you again. But it's not going to be easy once you allow your marriage to go in marriage crisis. That's why you need marriage coach help. I'm sorry. <laughs> so today, right now, start the steps of ensuring you and your beloved become inseparable for a lifetime. How? By igniting the purifying power, awe-inspiring practice of what I call the best friend concept. Talk about holy sex. Oh, man, you'll slap me for not telling you about the whole, about the best friend concept. You will. You will. Intimacy, your intimacy will rise. You will, you will love each other more. You'll be more intimate with each other inside and outside the bedroom. Right? Okay. So test questions to see if you are your... Um, test questions to see if you are your wife's best friend or if you consider her your best friend or she's your best friend. The one flesh test, you might say, right? So the first question is, so I want you to, and don't answer out loud, you know, just keep it to yourself and just kind of, when I ask these questions, just kind of ask yourself this. So if your wife isn't the one who you love being with just because she isn't your best friend. Next, if she isn't the one who you can't wait to go and encounter life with, she isn't your best friend. If she isn't the one who you turn to to spill in complete confidence your deepest secrets, worries, and mysteries, she isn't your best friend. 
if she's not the one who you love to have fun with, she probably isn't your best friend. If she isn't the one who you long to behold every day, then she isn't your best friend. If she isn't the one that as she walks through the door, you shiver with excitement because she is at last arrived home and you missed her, then she isn't your best friend. If she isn't the one who you day who your day isn't complete until you have heard her voice, you have a serious problem in your marriage and you're just existing in a relationship and aren't in essence one of each of other because your wife is not your best friend. If you do everything you can to avoid going home at night, then your wife isn't your best friend. If you put your mama, your daddy, your brother, your sister, your aunt, uncle, job, Bob, Nina, the kids, before your beloved wife, yep, you guessed it, she is not your best friend. If you don't tell her the hard problems because you're trying to protect her, sorry, she's not your best friend. I had a doctor, a guy who I read all the time called Dr. Jack, uh, Dr. Jack Ito, and he said in his book, uh, Being Needy, he said, uh, talking about dating and stuff and how, you know, doing things together, when you do things together, you know, like say you as a husband, say you love to, to jump, to, to parachute out of planes and your wife She's scared as heck. She ain't trying to do that. So what you try to do is as a wife, what she would, she should try to do is participate as much as she can. So what does that mean? Like maybe she'll get in the airplane and fly up there with you. And then she'll, you know, she'll encourage you and, and hug you and kiss you and, and, and say, be safe and everything. And then you jump out of the airplane and she watches you jump down. And then she goes back down with the pilot, right? You know, or let's say your wife that you, your wife is an avid cooker and she wants to go to a cooking conference conference, and you don't want to go. That's the least important thing you could do. Well, what you could do is participate as much as you could. You know, you go, maybe you go and you drive her there and you, you know, you go to the conference maybe one day and the rest of the time, the other two days, you stay in the hotel and, and do something that you want to do. That's important about being a best friends. It's important that, you know, you do and not being selfish. You do things because that's your best friend. That's your beloved wife. That's your beloved husband. And you have a duty to try your best to make them happy. Relationships take time and hard work. So if you aren't present and are an absentee husband, in essence, checked out in the emotional and literal sense, how do you expect your wife to grow? I'm sorry. How do you expect your marriage to grow, to grow, prosper, be your all in all? It can't. Look at the best friend concept like this. It's hard to leave and abandon your best friend, isn't it? It's hard to hurt and disrespect your best friend, isn't it? In an intense sense, it's difficult to betray your best friend, isn't it? But millions of men commit all the above acts against someone who is they're, who they're in lust in every day or proclaim to be so-called in love with, right? The best friend concept ignites intimacy like no other. Again, love is friendship set on fire, gentlemen. The knowledge and intimate details of your beloved can only begin once you ignite true friendship and curiosity for her. Like me and Steve were talking about yesterday, curiosity for your wife is so magnificent.
Just act like you don't know the things that you know and, and try to learn her all over again. You'll see. So what can you do to begin the best friend concept? I'm going to list some things that have helped me build a most special friendship. Now, I'm not going to list all of them because we'd be here all day. But, you know, these things I'm going to list like a few things just to kind of help you guys start. Um, especially if you're not in marriage crisis, these things will definitely work. Okay. So next. So feel free to analyze and adopt these things for yourself on how to bond with your wife. Number one, deep prayer. Prayer produces an intimate love for the beloved. If you pray intimately for your wife every day, you will begin to love her more. That's just the way God works. Okay. Number two, deep conversation, not surface or small talk. Deep conversation on important topics um, to each other and that are important to each other and to our family's lives. Like a lot of time, times, you know, your wife might talk about stuff that you're not interested in. But so what? Act like you're interested. Give her the attention. Give her the attention she deserves. She's your wife. She's a beloved wife. Just sit there for five minutes and just listen. What do you care that you don't like it? What do you care? Just be there. Just hang out. You said you love her, right? Well, show her. Give her the time. Talk about any and everything on your mind. You always dump everything on your mind and tell it to your wife. As a man, that's hard. So that's why I'm putting it in there. Get it out. Hold nothing back when you talk to your wife. Use all your words for the day on your wife, not your friends. Build unbreakable rapport with her for a lifetime. Men have to get used to putting our, our putting our what's in our mind. We got to get used to putting it out there so that our wife knows what's going on with us. Why? So her nurturing mechanism can kick in because she wants to nurture you. Number three, number three, never stop learning about each other. Oh my God. I just said that. You've got to learn the mysteries of your wife. She's learned so many things since you guys have been married. She's out there every day in society. She's learned a lot about the faith, growing closer to God, about the kids. She's learned so much. All you got to do is dig deep and understand what can you do to grow closer, and that is one way, curiosity, to love her, okay? Never stop asking questions about her. About her. Always be curious to learn more about her being genuinely interested in each other. This is easy the first year, but what about the 10th year? I promise your beloved has many mysteries to her. Your job is to find each one. Number four, and lastly, before we end today, number four, simply spending time together an enormous amount. That's another problem. We don't spend enough time with our wife. You know, she works eight hours a day. You work 12 hours a day. Don't leave many hours left, does it? Okay, that's why it's important that you do a bonding conversation every night. That's why it's important you go on date night every week, you know, um, so that you guys can continue to bond and make love at least twice a week. Stop this mess around. We ain't making love. We ain't made love in a month and stuff, you know, and you want to put fire and passion in your wife. Bring it out in her. You want to make love to her? Bring out the fire and passion, the, the fire and passion in her, you know. You know, use those words you use when y'all got first, when y'all before y'all got married. You know, <laughs> be a Mac Daddy. <laughs> so, how can you grow if your time together is sparse? Do everything and all things together. Familiarity breeds love and friendship. 
The potential problem is once you do these things, you stop doing them and boredom and taking each other for granted sets in again. Man, no one likes a boring marriage, but what happens with a boring marriage? We get comfortable, right? We get comfortable. That's the problem. Once you get comfortable in the way things are, you stop trying, you stop being exciting, um, and then your wife starts to wonder, why did I marry him? I've got 50 years left of marriage. Do I want to stay in a boring, lackluster marriage with a marriage that's going nowhere? I must ask you, gentlemen, you must consider what I just said. I'm asking you all that I can. I'm giving you all my heart, my mind, and my soul <laughs> to help you. So please try to listen because if you're in marriage crisis, you can flip this around. Bam. And so today, as we conclude, we conclude with Pope Benedict XVI. I love this quote. Of course, it's my favorite quote because you know what? This is my favorite quote. I never heard a man talk like this. I never heard a man tell another man like that one scripture, you know, iron sharpens iron and one other man sharpens another. And then what's the other one? Uh, be, be, be firm in the faith. Think like men, be strong, something like that. Oh, I love that one too. You know, anything that pumps us up and makes men want to be men, makes us want to be virtuous and holy and be Christian soldiers, be men for our wife and for God and for our kids, any scripture like that, man, I'm down with that, you know, and so should you be, okay? So I will see you tomorrow, but let's close out with a quote from Pope Benedict XVI, as we always do. Remember, society offers you comfort. But you weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness. So go forth, Christian soldier. The spiritual fight is up on you. Fast, pray, and prepare for battle. Thank you for listening in today. If what you heard helped you in any way and you would like more personal attention, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior marriage coaching. And remember to join the Catholic Alpha Radical Live podcast as a caller or listener every Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern. To join as a caller, dial area code 313 Radical. To join as a listener or view the live stream, visit the Catholic Alpha Radical Live Facebook page or visit CatholicAlpha.com for Catholic marriage help that actually works. Bang.